Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Patriots win Monday into Patriots win Tuesday. We love when that happens. And joining us now is the voice of the Patriots right here on WDEV, Bob Sosi. Bob, how are you? I'm good, Brady. Now, next week, because the Patriots don't play this coming weekend, does it remain a Patriots victory Tuesday or is it a bye Tuesday? How do you... It's a happy to, it's a happy Tuesday because they can't they can't have lost leading into okay. it. All right, perfect. Uh, what does Bob Sosi do on the bye week? Uh, Bob Sosi tries to catch up on all the things he hasn't done <laughs> on his to do list all the previous <laughs> weeks of the season. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. Uh, today I voted, uh, so that's yeah. a good start to this Tuesday for sure. Um, let me ask you this uh, as an off-beaten question. So I was at the game, right, on uh, on Sunday, and we had a great time at the game itself. Everything else leading up to that was all nearly horrific, like absolutely horrific. The hotel situation was horrible. We had an amazing dinner, but the guy in front of us like could not stop talking about politics and COVID, and that was irritating for an hour. What is the worst travel experience of Bob Sosie's life? <laughs> Brady, you've got to keep in mind, I spent 20 plus years yeah. in the minor leagues riding buses. You've probably got a few. From, you know, Salisbury, Maryland to Charleston, South Carolina to Charleston, West Virginia, from Peoria, Illinois to Clinton, Iowa to Burlington, Iowa uh, to the Quad Cities, uh, the you know, flank the Mississippi, two cities in Iowa, two cities in <laughs> Illinois. I mean, I've been, I've been all over the map in, in uh, less than ideal circumstances when it comes <laughs> to travel, staying far from glamorous hotels. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, uh, besieged by uh, fleas in a hotel in Clinton, Iowa, and Ooh. stepped out the door of that hotel to take in the aroma of the fertilizer plant, the Archer Daniel. Archer Daniels Midland <laughs> dog food plant, or whatever the Purina dog food plant, I believe it oh. was nearby. So I mean, I've 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 had an experience there, uh, and I've had uh, some less than ideal experiences as well. And my college basketball and college football travels, having stayed in places like Monroe, Louisiana, for a game between Navy and uh, 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 Louisiana Tech. I've stayed uh, as well in in, in places like uh, uh, Lexington, Virginia, or outside of Lexington, Virginia, at an inn in the mountains when Navy played VMI. And uh, that particular game, I went for a run. It was my second game with the Naval Academy. I was filling in as their basketball announcer, and after. Uh, the game the previous night, we were going to stay, have breakfast, and then head out to our next destination in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So not exactly a short ride between yeah. the two. And it was snowy. We're in the mountains. I don't know anybody really in the traveling party because I've just been hired as the pinch hitter uh, for the first two games you know, of this stretch. And so I called the game the night before. I had to pack up my gear because I was the last one out doing my post-game show. One of the assistant coaches and the trainer came back in the gym to get me to pull me out of the VMI gym so that I didn't miss the bus back to the hotel. I wake up the next morning. It's early. I think I'm going to get some exercise. I'll go for a run. I start running. Uh, unfortunately, it's just not a series of left turns, so I don't wind my way back to the hotel. Oh, I no. wind up going on this twisting and turning path up the mountain a little bit and realize as I, I peek at my watch, there is no way I'm going to get back to the hotel in time. In fact, I have no idea where the hotel is relative to where oh. I am. I don't, have a, I don't have a phone with a GPS on me at this time. This is a long, long time ago. And so there's someone shoveling uh, his driveway 
uh, one of the few houses within miles of the hotel. And I make, you know, I, I make the bold gesture of asking him how to get back to the hotel. He said, you're a long way from there. Uh, do you want to ride? And uh, at that point, although I had a lot to lose, <laughs> everything, <laughs> I decided I had nothing to lose. I had to get back in time so I didn't miss that bus ride to Spartan South, Spartanburg, South Carolina. So, I, you know, that that's that's one story in a brief one uh, in, in a long list, a lifetime of, of chapters worth of story. I thought I thought ours was bad. The It was 80 degrees. You know, and the, uh, the the hotel has turned the air off for the season and has the heat on for the season. So the room is 76 degrees all night long, sweating your tail off. And the fire alarm goes off at 630 in the morning. And, you know, thankfully, you know, nothing was really wrong, but also nothing was really wrong. And the fire alarm is just going off at 630 in the morning. Hey, I've had fire alarms go off at the Adams Mark in Buffalo. I've been on a bus ride from Harvard to Dartmouth calling Navy basketball uh, where the bus driver in, in, in a snowstorm uh, had the heat on full blast. And his intention was to defrost the windows. But because it was on so high, uh, there was such a variation between the cold air on the outside and it the air on the inside that it, it didn't alleviate the problem. It only... <laughs> <laughs> added to it. Um, so I've, I've been there with, you know, a basketball team full of guys taking off their gear because they're, they're sweating profusely because of the heat in the bus. And I've oh, been in man. hotel rooms as well where there was no temperature moderation. <laughs> Luckily, travel in the NFL, uh, particularly now that we're back on the Patriots plane, uh, going to and from with the team, is a lot better and an <laughs> understatement. The understatement of, of, our, of our year together uh, it's far better than any other mode of travel I've had in my sports broadcasting career. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, with tales from the road here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, let, let's talk about the Patriots because I walked out of that game on Sunday thinking the Patriots' defense is pretty good and the Patriots' offense leaves a lot to be desired. And my first thought was, if the Patriots ever play a good team, they're going to get crushed. But then I started thinking, Maybe there are no good teams. Like last week, I would have thought Buffalo was going to roll th- roll to the Super Bowl, and they got beat by a Jets team that was awful the week prior. I, I guess maybe it just truly is a week to week league, and what you see can't always predict what's going to happen. And I shouldn't be as worried about it. Well, two two things. One, I'll I'll, I'll I'll correct you on one thing. I think the Jets' offense was awful the week before, and I think the Jets' special teams compiled the problems. I think the Jets' defense is really good. That's true. Fair. And fair. yesterday was the defense that really allowed them to come back and win that game. And and, and who knows, based on the diagnosis for Josh Allen, may open up the door uh, not only in the AFC East, but in the AFC, considering his elbow issue at the end of that game when he was hit by Bryce Huff. I, I, I do tend to agree, though, that I think that there are – a few teams, and I still would have put the Bills in that category mm-hmm. with a healthy Josh Allen, along with Kansas City in the AFC at the top of the conference. Uh, I think there's a couple in the NFC, uh, especially I think San Francisco, they can get it going uh, now that with McCaffrey, and I think their defense is really good as long as Jimmy doesn't turn the ball over there uh, with, with their receivers, their running game. I think they're a team that really has an opportunity to be elite by the end of the season. I think Dallas is still a very talented team, and Philadelphia obviously is unbeaten right now. But in the AFC, for the most part, we'll stick with this conference. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I watch games, at least I try to watch games when the Patriots aren't playing. 
yesterday, our Sunday's game was early enough to get home in time to watch a fair amount of the Bucks mm-hmm. and the Rams and the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Sunday night game, the Monday game. You know, we've seen all season long in the primetime windows in general. There's a lot of bad football being played. I mean, there's no escaping that. In fact, you know, the last two weeks for the Patriots, the games have been, uh, you know, uh, riddled with mistakes for for both teams. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, turns it over for the Jets in that second half repeatedly, and that allows the Patriots really to win that game. Uh, against the Colts, dysfunction from the start in an organization that really uh, right now is the epitome. Uh, the, the, The Colts logo and maybe their banner right now or the dictionary in terms of uh, dysfunctional at at this point. So I tend to agree with you overall. You know, there was an interesting story that uh, I think it was Mark Daniels of the Providence Journal had that Shaquille Leonard, the linebacker for the the Colts, was calling out the Patriots' plays before they happened. And then Bill Belichick said yes, and then also said he thought C.J. Mosley was doing the same thing for the Jets the week prior. And, and, And I don't know the answer to this. Whose fault is that? Is that a product of not having David Andrews there, a veteran center? Is that a product of, is that offensive coaching? Is that Mac Jones? Whose fault is this? Well, I think Bill touched on some of the the variables that are involved. I think it is a problem uh, for, potentially it's a problem for the offense, and it could be one player, it could be multiple players, it could be as well a credit to the defense and what C.J. Mosley and Shaquille Leonard do to prepare for games because Patriot players talk about it all the time. They recognize keys, and you'll hear guys often after the game say, "We knew what they were doing. We knew it was coming." And that's that's often essentially it's based on what they've watched on film, study, reading their keys. You hear that expression all the time, and then what they see on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-snap tells. You know, for a defensive lineman, for example, sometimes it's the pressure that an alignment. Uh, has on his hand when he's in a three-point stance. You know, if 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 the the fingertips are really pressed into the ground, he knows it's a running play. If <laughs> the lineman's back on his heels a little bit more, and uh, the, the the fingertips are off the ground somewhat or just loosely on the ground, well, he's going to pull away in a pass-setting stance. You know, things like that. Maybe an individual to individual tell. But in the case of Leonard, and it sounds like most, I think Bill said uh, they each called out about two or three plays. He said mostly sounded like you heard the play in the huddle. I think there, there can be a tell. Uh, one, one example from my experience calling the Patriots was in the 2015 AFC Championship game when the Pats were on the road at Denver taking on that terrific Broncos defense with an imposing front four led by Vaughn Miller. And Brian Stork, the Patriots center, uh, reportedly was, was giving a tell to the Broncos with head bobs before he snapped the ball. They picked up on a consistent pattern of hits. Hmm. You have to change that up. Now, same thing goes, too, for a long snapper as well. Uh, in, in, any, in any situation, uh, you know, in, 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 in football, it's about timing, just like it is, for example, a pitcher holding a runner in baseball. You want to vary your times to the plate once you come set and not allow that runner to pick up on, you know, the rhythm of your movements and be able to time what you're doing when you're going to the plate so he can get a good jump and steal second base. And, and I think it's similar in, in football as well when it comes to the snap count. But there could be a variety of things, formations. Is the running back set a step in front of the quarterback or running back behind the quarterback? There were a couple of plays, I'll, frankly, I'll tell you that you know I knew it was a run because of where Ramondre Stevenson was positioned hmm. alongside Mac Jones. And I learned that from Rob Ninkovich when he called preseason games with Scott Zolak and I. So, uh, you know, I think in the case of uh, those two guys, they're smart. They're instinctive players. 
They probably did a lot of film study, but they probably had a little help as well from the Patriots. Bob, I'll get you out of here on a Mac Jones question. Uh, I, I am not the biggest Mac Jones fan, but I am finding myself defending him a lot lately. I, I, you know, at that game, I'm thinking to myself, there's multiple things at play. One, they can't block in that in particular game period. And two, I do think Mac is, has kind of been conditioned into not wanting to make a mistake. And so I think he's not taking shots that may be there. Now, from my vantage point, I didn't necessarily see all of them, but I see a guy who's playing tentative and now doesn't have a line there to support him to to allow things to fully develop. Am I right on that? Or is Mac just getting worse himself and everything else is okay? Well, Brad, I think you can't argue uh, that Mac has not regressed. I think there has been some regression. It's, it's there in the numbers. It's there in the production of the lack thereof. But what are the reasons for that regression? And I see it more as a collective regression mm-hmm. than an individual regression. And I think it's due to a lot of factors. And, and Bill, as well as in the, in the press conference that you and I both heard, in which he spoke about Leonard and Mosley, talked about the false reads when a quarterback looks at the still pictures on the sideline or the tablet on the sideline and and how it may appear that a guy is open, but that may not be where the quarterback's eyes are supposed to take him initially. Maybe there's not enough time. Uh, Maybe there's pressure coming from one side or the other that prevents him from getting the ball out to that open player. And so I think when you look at the after the game clips that we see on social media and so forth, or especially the still pictures, sometimes people say, well, he had an open receiver there. But did he have time? And, and you're right. And it's not only the time of of, uh, of of the quarterback's drop back, being able to throw and pass protection that I think has been a problem when it comes to the offensive line, the sacks, the, the pressure, forcing him to speed up. Where are the receivers? You know, are, 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 are there route combinations that give him vertical options but also underneath options and, and that work in concert so that when guys go vertical, it opens up things underneath. Yeah. You know, the Colts yeah. bracketed Ramadre Stevenson, and they were wise to do that. They saw how productive he had been in the passing game the previous two weeks. So were the outlets that were supposed to be there available to Mac when those guys who were deeper downfield weren't open? And then beyond that, what's, what's the down and distance? What's the pattern of play calling? The number of times, I think the Patriots in the game on Sunday, and I, and I just wrote this down, but I always need to refer to my notes because I have the worst memory. They had five first down plays on which they lost yardage running the ball. So yeah. now you're looking at second and 12, second and 14. And that was the pattern for much of the game. And when you're behind the sticks as much as they were and as much as they've been, it's just not advantageous to having a productive rhythmic passing game because now you are in predictably passing situations and you're dealing with a team that has had to bench its number one pick at left guard each of the last two weeks. It's kind of got this, uh, you know, search ongoing at right tackle Isaiah Wynn replaced by Marcus Cannon now down an injured reserve. Uh, uh, Yadnik just comes up off injured reserve. And when you look at, uh, you know, them trying to block the last two teams, how much help are those guys getting? from tight ends is are they getting beat one-on-one I think we've seen too much of that of late and then there's James Ferentz in the middle of the center you referenced the center position in your previous question no David Andrews the last two weeks and James is, is a capable player you know in spot duty but losing David Andrews makes a big difference and not having Ted Karras makes yeah. a big difference this year as a guy who could step in 
and be that center as he was a couple of different seasons for the Patriots when David was unavailable. But now, of course, Karras is playing in Cincinnati. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots. No Patriots football this week. Pat's on the bye, and they go there at 5-4 and four and in the throes of the AFC playoff picture, despite how it looks at times. Bob, we appreciate it. Enjoy the bye week, and we, we will talk to you in seven days on a happy Patriots Tuesday. All right, Brady. No travel for either of us, I presume, this weekend, so we can enjoy the comforts of our own uh, domains. I'm finally off the road. All I feel like I do is drive. Patriots game this week. I was back in Albany a couple weeks ago. I went to the UVM Hoops opener last night. All I do is drive. So I'm uh, I'm happy to be anchored a bit as well. All right. Take care. Enjoy the week off.